Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Yeah. Here's Okay. Thank you, bus people. A little chilly out there for the bus people tonight, but they're all gathered around the campfire we always make for them when it gets this cold, and they're uh, they're comfy and warm and enjoying their wine. So, yes, everything's fine. Yeah. So. We have a couple of guests on tonight. Uh, Danielle Delibertis. Danielle was on back in in December. Uh, uh, December? Is that correct? Am I? Yeah. It's been a year. Yeah, wow. December 22nd. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's been a year. December 22nd. So Danielle's been on back in December of last year. And Elise is uh, with her. They are both from Somsation. Uh, Danielle being the CEO, we've talked to her about that, and Elise is the lead sommelier on, uh, at Somsation, and so they'll be calling in in a couple of minutes. Before then, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and uh, didn't try to get out there and travel too much in the the crazies that we call Thanksgiving Travel Weekend. Oh my gosh, that was unbelievable. And then hope everyone's safe and warm with the cold weather that we have going through now, too. It's been nasty all around the country. There's two cigar guys last night, and it's sitting in the 20s uh, in uh, New Jersey and up in Pennsylvania. And uh, even uh, Cap, our old friend Cap out in Oregon, has been chilly out there. So it's hitting the whole country. But... We here in Florida are supposed to warm up a little bit over the next you know, two or three days. It's supposed to get back up into the 80s. Speaking of two or three days, Sunday, Tampa has the Tampa Heritage Cigar uh, Show Festival. Uh, festival, I guess, is a better word for it. So if you are in Tampa uh, this Sunday, uh, it's free after 3 o'clock. It's in downtown Ebor the cigar capital of the world, actually back in the early 1900s. But uh, it's coming up this weekend, so if you are there. reason I bring up cigar, two weeks, we're having the cigar gang back on. We're going to be talking about cigars again, so uh, mark that on your calendar also. Okay, we have Danielle and Elise on uh, back in the green room. So we're going to bring them on and... Welcome to the show, 
both of you. Uh, appreciate taking the time out and joining us tonight. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having us. No, there you are. I thought, oh no, we got we got video problems or audio problems again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you all are able to join us again. Now, Danielle, you have been a guest here about a year ago, and um, we're having you back on tonight. Great, I think it's fantastic. And also this time, we have Elise. Uh, is that? Am I saying that right, Elise? Yes, you are. Okay. Uh, Elise Lovenworth, uh, who is your lead sommelier at uh, Somsation. So I'm going to ask, well, since Danielle's the CEO, I'm going to ask Danielle to tell us what Somsation is and what it's all about and how it works. And then anytime, Elise, you can jump in there and add some comments and all that. Since you guys know all about what it is, uh, I'll just let you explain that first. Great. Thanks so much for having us around, and it's great to, to be back. Um, hopefully some listeners have heard of Sensation either through um, your podcast or elsewhere. Um, but we are about a, a two-year-old now, um, starting to age a little bit. Um, we are a two-year-old digital marketplace that focuses on access and discovery and exploration for wine enthusiasts, wine experts, wine buyers, um, and we partner with independent wineries throughout the U.S. And I think since you and I have last talked, we've actually expanded internationally. So we now have wow. wine coming to us. Yes, um, great growth. So we have wine coming to us from um, France, New Zealand, Australia, Argentina, um, and, and a couple other places. So we continue to grow, which we're really excited about. Um, but the premise behind Sensation is that um, uh, sometimes these places are not that easy to get to, and, and sometimes the best wines are in the, the most hard-to-come-by places. And so we thought, well, let's uh, reverse engineer this and bring great wine directly to you. So we focus on um, direct-to-door delivery, whether that be to um, businesses for client entertainment or events or for personal consumption. Um, and all of that is curated by Elise and our wonderful team of sommeliers um, throughout the U.S. And, and now internationally. So every single wine that you see on our website has been, um, you know, vetted by our, our team of experts. And we partner directly with the wineries, the winemakers, the producers themselves to ensure top quality, and also really limited production um, or smaller batch production, which I'm sure Elise will get into, and, and hopefully you have some to sip on with us today. Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a, a great concept when we talked a year ago about it, the, the concept of getting small uh, wineries and unknowns into the fold. It's a fantastic idea. And to hear that you're expanding internationally now, that's Fantastic! I, you you were talking about doing that the last last time we talked, but uh, it seems like you just went full steam into it going into this uh, this past year. Um, so, at least you are the ones that are bringing this stuff in, or what is your role in this? Um, so, I do work directly with the wineries um, doing outreach and trying to find those, uh, you know, hidden gems in the wines where you kind of have to know somebody to know about it. 
Um, and I also work um, with building our sommelier community with psalms across uh, the U.S. with, you know, vast experience in the industry, not just, you know, working in restaurants, but also working in retail distribution and at the wineries themselves um, to bring you kind of an insider look to to wine and direct access to sommeliers outside of the normal um, places where you find them um, and kind of encouraging the interaction between wine lovers and sommeliers um, anywhere you need them to be. You obviously are a sommelier. Uh, when, uh, and I believe, you know, Danielle is too, if, if I'm not mistaken in what we talked last year. Uh, at least we, we haven't had a chance to talk to you, though. Uh, your, uh, your journey to becoming a sommelier up to this point, what, what was the uh, what path did you take? Why did you decide to become a, um, decide to become a sommelier? Um, well, my path started working in hospitality and, and restaurants and fine dining. And that was kind of my first exposure to the wine world. Um, I was born and raised in Philadelphia, which oh. doesn't have a huge <laughs> wine <laughs> culture. Um, you know, the Not state noticed, is a highly no. controlled state. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's not easy to be in the, the wine business in Pennsylvania. Um, but if you could do it here, you can do it anywhere. Um, and I, I fell in love with wine instantly um, and was, you know, privileged enough to get to travel. And my favorite places in the world are vineyards. It's the connection to, to the land and just kind of the salt of the earth people and sense of community you get from wine. Um, but I am, I've been a little bit of a lone wolf and, and self-taught. Um, I, you know, prepared for the certification process on my own, didn't really have like a mentor. Um, and it was, you know, it was a lot of drinking, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it was the first time I really kind of absorbed um, information and knowledge and could, you know, piece things together. Um, I, it kind of luckily came naturally to me. So I, I've been certified for uh, over a, a decade now. Wow. Um, it was 10, yeah, it was 10 years in May. So I've been at this for a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's a very dynamic industry. There's constantly new regulations and new appellations and all that sort oh, of yeah. stuff. And, you know, every year you're getting a new vintage. So, so uh, I found my calling with it for sure. You have to be on top of that all the time. I mean, just doing this show, it's just so much information out there that's, Every year, something new that it pops up, and it's it, it, I've discovered this over the years. I've been involved with wine, so you know it's, it's great that you're able to keep on top of as much as you have. When you 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 guys hire, <coughs> excuse me, I catch in my throat and I talk. When you guys hire a sommelier, uh, do you look for 
anything particular in them besides just the sommelier certification uh, or are you looking for expertise in any one area or are you looking for more personality what is the criteria that you're looking at um, well you know a certification is, is preferred um, and you know all of our our sommeliers are certified but for me it's it's in-depth industry knowledge and hands-on experience and also the the showmanship and ability to communicate effectively with you know clients and and guests so you know it's it's a one-on-one -on -one vetting process um you know i i zoom call with them i meet them in person they record demos and tell me about their favorite wines and, and what they think the, the role of a sommelier is and how it's evolved. So it's, it's a very hands-on kind of, uh, you know, lengthy process uh, before you get on the site because I, I want to make sure that if people are having these interactions with sommeliers that it's, it's, you know, not necessarily life-changing, but, but affirms why we exist and, and why we do what we do and, and really impacts their wine enjoyment. Um, mm. And one of the things, you know, in the first 10 seconds when I ask them about wine, you know, I look for their whole body changing and, and see if, if they're passing <laughs> this and translate through the screen. Um, you know, do they light up? Is it, you know, is it something that, you can see and experience just how much they love it. Uh-huh. Uh, Danielle, you told us before a year ago, but that was a year ago. Uh, tell us again the concept of uh, some stations. What, uh, okay, at least it's just how these some, what happens now? What, what does the, uh, what is the, the, um, uh, idea of Somsations, how does that work? Yeah, so it's it's Somsation, right, which is sommelier um, and sensation is, is really how we derive the name. Um, and it's kind of the ethos of almost everything we do. So as Elise just said, um, you know, the community aspect of our brand is, is extremely important to us. And like most other things, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, so when we think about the experience of our sommeliers, we're also thinking about the experience of our clients. Um, we have some people who are, are new to wine and, and are learning some things and want um, to come in at an approachable price point, an approachable, um, you know, palette and, and start to learn with us and what better way to do that than through sommeliers um, alongside them drinking really great wine that, that's coming direct from the winemaker. Um, but then we also have collectors and and the wine producers themselves that are uh, sharing in the knowledge as part of that community um, and, and really sharing, you know, their industry knowledge and the pain points that our technology is trying to solve and things like that. So that's kind of at the heart of everything we do. But at the end of the day, we want everyone to, to end with a smile on their face and to be really happy. Um, and so for some station, that means being able to right now choose from our 40 plus wineries that um, showcase 300 plus wines um, wow. that we've packaged with our expertise into 120 plus tasting experiences. 
And we really want to be the matchmaker for that, and we're able to do that in a really smart way through our multi-sided platform. Um, so technology is really important to us. We want this to be easy for people, um, and that starts with just us being available at your fingertips. So whether that's at your home computer or on your phone, um, it's, it's somstation.com that is that entry place to wine country, knowing that you're always going to be able to come to somstation for a great experience, that is led by experts, but that is also um, created with an ease, putting everyone's experience ahead of anything else um, and making sure that they, they find what they need. And so that's kind of what we continue to do every single day, but with all of kind of the components that, that Elise put into place. So we really have tried to evolve our marketplace to not only be a one-stop shop for all things great wine and wine experiences, but also to be a place for exploration, to find more of what you love, to discover new things that you may not have even known existed. Um, so that could be through an interactive map that we have that, that shows where each of our wineries sits in their various AVAs, and, and some are, you know, bundled together in the heart of Napa, and others are, um, you know, off in the mountains somewhere that you're like, I'm, I'm not even sure how I would get there. But that's kind of what we come <laughs> to. Um, and, and the goal is really to connect all of the different puzzle pieces from sommeliers to wineries to experiences and the story that's behind every bottle um, in a way that no two experiences are alike and that you can keep relying on Sumstation time and time again um, to, to kind of evolve your individual journey. Um, I think similarly, I know we have a lot of listeners who are, are in the industry themselves. So our goal for um, our winery partners and the winemakers is to extend their reach. It's to get their great wines into the hands of new drinkers and to kind of ease some of the, the industry burdens that have existed for years and years and years. Um, so our technology is also meant to be um, a direct channel to um, a broader audience, to a more diverse audience, um, and to really make it, um, like I said, a, a multi-sided platform or a community that everyone can come and, and really gain something from it, whether that's a personal experience or a great case of wine. Yeah, that, you know, uh, I believe you told me last time, and if I, you know, don't remember correctly, please correct me, but you have home tastings that you have parties, or, well, or office tastings or whatever, but you have a group of people, and they can pick out the wines that they want or the regions that they want and all that, have it shipped to them beforehand, and then the... Uh, well, a select uh, sommelier will get online with them and talk them through the party and talk them through the wines and answer questions and everything else on that. Is Am I remembering correctly on that? Yep, that's exactly yes. right. So, um, you know, one of our first products is uh, a virtual tasting experience, and, and that's kind of where we started, um, which we started with kind of 90-minute virtual tasting experiences Um Many of the first few done by Elise until she didn't have any more time in the day, and, and we had to bring on a crew of another of another 30 or so. Um, but, yeah, so it started really as, as a digital platform because if we all remember, you know, three years ago, uh, which what seems like a lifetime ago, um, there was not a lot of mobility in the world, and most people were kind of stuck at home and you're only – form of connection was through a computer. Um, but here we are now, and I think a lot of, of the world is, is back to normal. Travel trends are up again. So we do a combination of um, virtual, in-person, and hybrid tasting experiences. Um, so I know we have uh, some team members doing tastings on a rooftop and, 
in LA right now and we have another team member who is in France um, doing some wine tasting and we have people that are going to be in person down in Miami next week but then there's also um, you know virtual things happening all the time and conversations like these that are that are digital so that is where our technology um, is, is really kind of at the heart of who we are is because we can reach all of these different places um, and and kind of meet customers wherever they want to be. So that could be in an office. That could be partially in an office for other team members that um, are remote elsewhere. That could be in a, in a venue that people want to do a private event at, or it could be 10 people across the country or even across the world that want to get together at one point in time and, and really be connected with a single experience centered around um, wine and all that it has to offer. Mm-hmm. As when we first talked, like say a year ago, it uh, I think your major focus was on the remote tasting. And again, we were just getting over COVID. And so that was the basis of it. I didn't realize Elise was the one that was working her fingers to the bone, so to say, trying to take care of all that stuff. <laughs> Congrats to you to get through that without killing yourself. Um, no, it was it was a, a privilege to be able to still do what I do uh, without, you know, the the confines and and restrictions that come with, uh, you know, restaurant work. So I've oh, done yeah. hundreds and hundreds of, of virtual tastings. It's a skill, and it's a skill that we really um, work with our other sommeliers who haven't had, you know, as much experience doing virtual, we, we build that skill set with them of how to connect with people uh, virtually because we're dealing with Zoom fatigue and, and distractions. But, uh, you know, oh, yeah. it, we've, we've seen that people are like, oh, this isn't just another Zoom happy hour. You know, they really get into it. And that's because the songs are specifically trained to connect with people virtually. Um, through wine. Now, Danielle just mentioned something, at least you can probably ask this since you're in charge of the, and the uh, sommeliers themselves. Uh, she mentioned uh, tastings in France and different places. Do you have sommeliers in all these different countries or do you say, oh no, we got to go over to England and do a tasting so you throw one on a plane and send them over there? What? How does that um, yes, we do not have every corner of the earth covered with sommeliers, um, but we do have amazing network effects where if we don't currently have a SOM that is in place on our site, we can, and we have so far, we're, you know, batting a thousand here with, with getting somebody there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there are sometimes geographic, you know, oh, um, yeah, limitations, but but um, we we absolutely do our best to make sure that we can say yes to as many things as we possibly can. And the sound yeah. community, you know, it's it's small, um, and so and we trust each other. There's inherent trust there, um, so we get, you know, direct references and, and make contact and, and really send the best person to host those events. Now, either one of you, a tasting, is that consist of how many wines on, on average? Is, you know, six, ten, three? What, how does a tasting work? 
It's, it's typically, we set it up with three wines and it's about 90 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. although sometimes the, the Q and A goes much longer and, and we're happy to stay on if, or, you know, stay put as long as everyone's having a good time. But typically it, it, it rewinds in 90 minutes because we do spend a, a fair amount of time talking about wine in general or a specific top, topic within wine. Um, that there's a particular interest in or connection with, with the company who's putting on the tasting. Um, but we really get in depth about it. Um, but we do send three full size bottles, but because we're working with these limited production, high quality wines, you know, we're opening people's eyes up to experiencing the same wines in the same bottle the next day and the next day and seeing how it evolves and opens up and how much they remember from the tasting and, and how much they're finding, you know, new life and, and new things in the wines as they experience it over time. Mm, okay. So it's uh, an ongoing thing. Now, you say you're getting from small venues, small wineries around the world, it seems like that would be a limited number of possibilities if people fall in love with a certain wine and want to continue to order it. Uh, are these are these small wineries able to keep up with uh, with the recurring orders? Um, well, you know, I mean, when we're talking limited production, <laughs> we, we are talking limited production, um, you know, from Authentique, the wines that um, hopefully you're enjoying right now. I am. Yeah, it is, um, as a matter of fact. That is the one I am enjoying Yeah, right now. so the barrel-aged Pinot Gris we sent um, over to you from Authentique, that's 75 cases produced. Um, but Nick Keeler, the, the owner and winemaker, he doesn't have a tasting room. He's not in distribution. His family oh. owns a, re- a renowned vineyard. He's actually a, he works for a cooperage out of France and, and sells barrels, but, but makes these wines because he, he loves it and wants to express his, his family's land and legacy in his own way. So, you can really only get these wines at some station, but yes, they do sell out, but you get to discover a new vintage and a new story of a place and time with them. Um, and we just encourage you to stock up because they do sell out. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine they would. I mean, if you're going, you know, 75 cases, that's not many. I mean, that can go quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah this but is it's very exciting good. to be... Uh, you know, a uh, uh, you know, one of a few hundred people that get to experience this wine, and and yep. Sensation brings that to you, yeah. Yeah, and that yeah, is I'll, very, I'll tell you. Um, yes, sorry ahead. to interrupt. I'll, I'll tell you a no. story of when uh, Elise first started working with us. This was really as Sensation was being concepted, and and before we even had a name for it, um, you know, or a true business or anything like that. But um, we had connected in in the Philadelphia area, and she started, you know, procuring these great wines for um, our teams, and we were doing these tastings as as a way for team building since we were used to going to, to dinners in person and all of this stuff. And every single time we were on a virtual tasting, someone would say, <laughs> this is fabulous wine. Where do I get more of it? I'm, I'm searching it on the Internet right now. Everywhere <laughs> says it's sold out. And it became yeah. this running joke of, Elise, why do you keep sending all of these great wines that no one can get their hands on? Um, and go. so 
you know, it's just such a powerful thing, but it's also one of the things that's so frustrating in the industry. Someone has a great bottle of wine and there's, there's great tools out there where you can take a picture of it and, and the, the, the internet surfaces it to you, but then it's in all of these different databases that have never even touched it before. So you find the label and then you want to order it and it just says unavailable. And you don't know what to do with that at all, right, versus we now have showcased if it's unavailable, then we will offer you or recommend something similar because the reality is these great wines are limited production. They're going to run out at some point. So hopefully you stock up once you like them and you know exactly where to find it. Or you reach out to our sommeliers and they help us, right, because we have all of this data at our fingertips and we can start to sift through it and, and make recommendations but we also have to understand what and why do you like that wine? Why do you want the recommendation? What makes you like more of it? So then we can kind of further that. But it's it's so true to who we are as as a business because that was one of my favorite things was taking pictures, putting my notes in my app, and, and understanding what was going on as I was learning wine. And then you can never find it again. And so we're like, yeah. we've got to solve <laughs> for that problem and figure out yeah. how to get people to actually be able to leverage the technology and start to use it the way – that they actually, um, you know, probably want to. Yeah, that's a good point, because over the years, I have so many wines that I remember fondly but are never available again, and it's so frustrating that I did not buy more when I had the opportunity. So, yeah, it's it's. I think it's an ongoing thing with any wine lovers, uh, always looking for that wine that they like and want to have it on their wine rack for years and years to come, and then it never does happen. Uh, the uh, well, I, what you described is like uh, your own personal, uh, own, own personal company, own personal sommelier and company that works for you, uh, some station. That's not yes, a bad way to describe I mean, it, right? <laughs> go ahead, Elise. Right. You can actually go on to our website and submit a form that brings you directly to my calendar and schedule a one-on-one consultation with me. Um, we're, we're making sommeliers accessible to, to people so that they can see the value that we bring and, and see just how good these undiscovered wines are. Just because they're, un- they're not undiscovered because they're not good. They're undiscovered because it takes a professional to, to, to find them, seek them out, and make them available. Um, and so we're connecting those dots for everybody. I think that's great. The, you, I keep thinking about your foreign wineries that you've said that you found. How did you find these? I, obviously, you just described to me all the the small limited editions and small production uh, amounts. So it's not like something that you can just look on a book and say, okay, these are the people we want to get with us. What uh, what was the process of getting uh, any of these small wineries from these other countries on board? So with with international wines and, and how the platform uh, Psalm Station works in sending you the wines is it comes directly from the wineries. So mm. it really narrowed a lot of, international wineries go through importers, brokers, you know, distribution channels that we, that we don't work in. So we, you know, it narrowed the scope where we, we can work with international wineries that have 
direct-to-consumer shipping capabilities in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that's because they see value in, in the U.S. market um, or they have a connection to, um, you know, the U.S. market, meaning one of the owners is, is from the United States or they, they have a sister winery in the United States with the example of the Ravana portfolio. They have Ravana in uh, St. Helena in Napa. They have Alexana in the Willamette Valley, Oregon. And then they have Corazon del Sol in the Uco Valley in uh, Mendoza, Argentina. So they keep some of their Argentinian wines um, available to the U.S. market direct consumer. Um, our newest Australian producer um, actually has a uh, sommelier who does uh, is based out of Colorado um, oh. and does a ton of kind of direct-to-consumer work in, in the, you know, mountain resort areas. Um, and so we were lucky enough to connect with Lisa the Somme in Colorado through one of our other sommeliers uh, on Somme Station who's actually a master sommelier, Michael Marger. Um, and got to connect with Yearing Station, which has some of the the oldest vineyard in the Yarra Valley in uh, Victoria, Australia. And we got access to their super limited production wines just through, again, that community and network effect. So mm. um, there's, there's a lot of qualifiers, but they're out there and, and we will find them. Do and we you- will, you know. The, are you the, looking the at? Are absolutely unbelievable. Oh, yeah, there are some small boutique wineries mm-hmm. from other countries, and it's, it's it makes you wonder why we don't have an opportunity to taste more of them. You guys are giving that opportunity. Uh, do you looking at foreign wineries that have the capabilities of shipping to the states uh, uh, cheaper, or is it just a? Uh, do you guys do shipping? Uh, how does that work? Yeah, that is, that's something that we do um, that we're, we're really actually working on. So I'll, I'll let Elise kind of talk about kind of the standard, but just um, kind of at a higher level, we do not um, handle the shipping. So we help facilitate yeah. it with our technology um, and, and the wineries actually um, do their own fulfillment. I think where our real value add comes in for our winery partners is that we kind of help centralize all of that. Um, and we're also working on, you know, thinking of ways to further streamline um, shipping and logistics because we know it's, it's such an industry challenge. So we, we try to really, um, you know, centralize all of the pain points and thinking about using our technology to solve for them um, and, and different ways to, to make that as frictionless as possible for everyone. Cause it's, it's just a real challenge. It, oh yeah, it is. It's, unbelievable challenge and expensive too if you know you're a small producer and you're trying to ship a a small amount across the pond it gets very expensive and so uh, i can i can see why you would try to get involved with that shipping It, it would probably alleviate a lot more costs in the long run for everybody Yes, that that's absolutely the goal. We we know that, you know, shipping you, you know, take a tour through, uh, you know, 
the Auntie Classico and, and you fall in love with wines and you want to ship it home and then all of a sudden that, you know, $30 bottle, if you add in what shipping cost <laughs> is now, is a $100 bottle and you have absolutely no idea when it's going to get there. That's right. And what condition it will be in. Um, and that's where our concierge team and the SOM consultations come in is, you know, we have SOMs who, who know how to get the wines to and from, you know, one place to another in, you know, with a minimum amount of friction and, and a concierge team handling, uh, you know, the logistics um, mm-hmm. so that, you know, those wines can get to your house. And that's when the consults, if, if you know you're going on a trip to a particular region in, in Italy, France, or Spain, you connect with the SOM beforehand and, and afterwards and, and regroup and decide what you want to buy, and, and that SOM can, can guide you, you know, in the purchasing process and making sure the wines get to you safe and sound. Oh, well, there you go. That, now, that's something I think you need to expand on here. If anyone is traveling, they can use you to help alleviate the frustration and, and the fear of the wine being lost or taken too long or something. Uh, so that's a possibility there? Yes, yeah, so we do. We offer um, trip planning services um, and itineraries on our uh, sommelier service page on, on the website. And you can connect with the sommelier beforehand, and they can help plan your entire trip itinerary. And then when you get home, you can regroup, discuss the wines that you like. So it alleviates you spending an extra hour trying to order these wines to be shipped internationally with somebody who might not speak the same language as you. Um, you know, we take the purchasing um, pressure off of you while you're traveling. You get home, and then we have a concierge team who, who will take over um, making sure the shipment's getting to you. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that eases so many people's uh, apprehension about ordering something overseas because you're always afraid it's not going to be shipped properly or it's, something's going to happen, all that. So that's a, another great service that you offer there. Um, shifting gears a little bit, uh, you sent me a couple of wines. Thank you very much. I am enjoying the authentic uh, it's the uh, Keller Keeler uh, Estate yeah. Vineyard, uh, and it is phenomenal. The label on it, I noticed one of the things that first caught my eye when it came in, it said with made with biodynamic grapes. Uh, so often, in fact, I've searched before looking for wines that were biodynamically raised and harvested and produced. And so many of them don't have it on the label. Uh, reference back to the other wine you sent me, which I'm not enjoying tonight, but I'm looking forward to it. It's a leisure barrel aged Pinot Gris. And that is biodynamic wine also, but nowhere on that label does it say biodynamic. Uh, do you look for biodynamic wines and... If so, why? <laughs> because people aren't familiar with it that much. I mean, you know, it, 
do your sommeliers try to educate people about biodynamic and organic or I, I mean these yeah, these I, questions just jump out at me okay so yeah for for me because I um, use a lot of my personal connections and experience in the industry to bring our winery partners onto some station sustainability and and ethical environmental practices is is something I think is really important in wine. So I've, you know, Samstation has embraced that full fold. I think we're we're up to, you know, 77% of our winery partners have at least one sustainable certification or wow. have sustainable practices. And biodynamics falls under that whole sustainability umbrella. Um, for for me too, I I cut my teeth in the industry in Oregon's Willamette Valley, so I have really really oh. deep connections there, and I worked in vineyards that practiced biodynamic farming, and just the amount of time and effort and work goes into those responsible and thoughtful farming practices. It needs to be explained, and it needs to be explained by somebody who's experienced it so people can understand just how important it is and the overall impact it has on our environment and our world. So it's, it's definitely, um, you know, part of the Sanfation DNA that if it is responsibly farmed and thoughtfully made, it goes to the front of the list for sure. Oh, Okay. Because yeah, we a lot have. Of, um, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Go on. No, I just say there's a lot okay. of certifications out there, and I just wonder if you're looking for in, any and all of the different certifications for uh, uh, you know good farming practices and everything. And so. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, there are. there's a myriad of of certifications. It's kind of you know it's. <laughs> Daunting is the word. Yes, it's it's, it's daunting, and and cert, the certification process too is is expensive. And yes. to the point you made in your question, to be able to print it on the label is also expensive. Um, so it's one of those things where even if they don't have it officially documented, if it's part of the producer's philosophy. Um, that they use those practices and aren't necessarily certified, it is something that, that we take into consideration too. And it is a question that comes up probably in every single tasting I've done is, oh, really? is what is the difference and, and how can I tell? So, so we know that there is, you know, curiosity out there and hmm. that the wine industry has not made it easy for consumers to to understand and speak out and again that's that's where the role of of the sommeliers and expertise come in to help people because it it is not currently user friendly not at all (laughs) so that's that's what we like Um, we we take great pride actually in being able to um you know demystify some of that and also to kind of handle the daunting tasks. Um, you know, you, you know, Ron, that I speak a lot about technology and where it is of value. Um, it's always a hot topic as, as technology is evolving, and it's always um, a topic that 
doesn't normally come up in the wine industry because for so long there was no great technology, um, and, it, and it doesn't <laughs> just surface over the night. It, it, it takes a it takes a long time to really get it right. But that's that's one of the things that a lot of our team members, um, you know, that that don't have the Somali credentials really focus on, which is taking. Um, all of that great information, some of it, you know, could be considered qualitative, which is, you know, just, just data and attributes that can be leveraged for something like machine learning or, or AI, but also a lot of it's qualitative information. Um, and, and so we really focus on capturing all of that information and all of those data points. So even on our wine shop, you can actually go and explore or use our search functions and, and type in some of the words that you might care about. Um, but we, we actually keep track of all biodynamic, organic, sustainable, women-driven business, minor, minority-driven businesses. We try to really think about all of the various values that um, wine enthusiasts care about and track that. I, I don't have the number offhand, so don't quote me on this, but I think, you know, outside of, of the wine, you know, the, the kind of normal things like the SKUs and the pricing and the tasting notes and varietal and AVA and all of that stuff, I think we track about uh, – 70 to 80 other data points of every SKU we have um, wow. alongside the partners, and we really organize that so we can be a source of truth for the industry. And as you know, that can't happen overnight. We're constantly building, constantly mining that data because we believe that that is where the, the world is going. We want to be that easy one-stop shop where everyone can come and find what they're looking for to make it less daunting, um, but it is under the hood. But we, we try to take that away from from everyone just to enjoy the wine and, and really focus on that, um, you know, because you hear all kinds of things about AI-driven sommeliers and, and being able to use these recommendation engines that someone burst up in their college dorm and um, get, you know, new selections of wine delivered directly door to you without them knowing anything about you. And we, we don't quite believe in all of that quite yet, yeah, but we I don't, see I don't, that yeah. there's going to be value in that. And so we start to, um, you know, we're, we're starting to really focus on that without making it front and center in, in who we are and what we do, because there's, there's just so much information in the world of wine and, you know, sommeliers and, and everyone that works in the industry is just packed full of information. So we're trying to really, um, you know, be that industry leader in terms of understanding everything about vintages, trends, what's emerging, what's been around since the 1700s, and, and really make it um, useful for people. Yeah, and that's good. I, I think AI is going to have a place in the future of wine, but we're not going to get rid of people. I mean, you know, you can say, okay, AI, what does this wine taste like? And it's never going to replace a good palate of an individual. It's always going to, people are going to trump the AI, I think, forever, uh, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, speaking of sommeliers and, and people, you have a list of, what, 30, 35, something like that, sommeliers on your website. Uh, can someone go on there and say, you know, feature uh, or read someone's bio and say, ooh, I really want that person to be my sommelier. Could you request that person? Or are these people assigned to certain areas and that's it? No, you can absolutely uh, go on and, and read through the profiles of our of our sommeliers and, and request a som. And if they're not, you know, located close to you, you do a virtual event um, with them 
uh, for sure, because we try to highlight if they have, you know, also a culinary degree, if they are bilingual, if they've also made wine. So something about their particular experience might jump out at you and, and you know, make you connect with the psalm who, who then, you know, can, can guide you in picking the wines they want to lead you through. Yes, that, that is 100% an option. It, it is possible. Okay, now, you do these tastings, and I have a group of people, example, that want and are looking at going to Italy next year. Do you do tours like if I get a hold of, uh, you know, some station and say, we're going to go to Italy, we would like a tour of some wineries in Italy, could you arrange something like that? Absolutely. Oh. And, <laughs> and heck, I'll come with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you could set up the wineries, you can set up, you know, the tour, and you can set up everything on something like that. You have the the capabilities and the contacts to be able to do that then. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that's so exciting about our ecosystem is, I mean, we all know it's such a small world, um, but we are continuously keeping tabs on everything that's going on. And um, we love the challenge of the new uh, ideas that people bring to the table. Actually, one or two things that you've already said, Ron, I'm like, hmm, I've got to start thinking about some of that <laughs> stuff. But um, you know, there's, there's just all kinds of new ideas that constantly come up and that's the challenge for us is, is how do we, how do we, you know, come to the table to, to really be able to meet the needs of everyone and, and to, you know, kind of, uh, successfully deliver on all of these opportunities. But we already, as you're asking that, I can think of, um, three or four of our winery partners who have direct relationships, um, in Italy for one, but I think all of the various wine regions and, some of them have families there. Some of them have spent time working there. Others, um, you know, have a collaboration with a label. So I, I think, you know, it would be a stretch to say that we would have a hard time making anything happen. Some of it we haven't done before, but we love the challenge and, and can usually, um, you know, tap into our network to, to get to a, a first-degree connection rather quickly if it doesn't exist already and typically if someone has the ask probably multiple people do so we we love kind of solutioning for that and and making it um, accessible to to others that might be interested in that as well uh, well i and, chose italy just because we've mentioned italy a few times during the <laughs> during the show here and so but any country overseas i i suppose a uh, travel itinerary would be within your uh, your range then Oh, yeah, yes, we, and, we and map it all out. <laughs> yeah, one of the things for me, kind of a behind-the-scenes thing and where the technology that Station is, is developing is as a sommelier who was doing this sort of work as freelance, I didn't, you know, have the – I didn't have the, the infrastructure to – do these things on my own and I didn't have the, the support and the scalability and the ability to market myself to offer these things. And, and so Samstation, you know, the technology that Samstation is building and the community that it's building is allowing sommeliers to easily share that information and make it seamless 
um, you know, and transactional and, you know, having someone to handle logistics and, and make sure everything is, is tied together with a bow on it has been huge for me. It takes a, a giant weight off of my shoulders of having to do all that myself. It's, it's a great way, you know, having done it myself, I can do it six times faster and more efficiently now that I can do it through Sensation. Mm, okay. And which, you know, opens up more time for you to pursue your own uh, tastings and stuff like that, too, which is always fun. Uh, Mike, do you have any questions for either Danielle or Elisa? Uh, no, you already um, you already answered or asked and answered the uh, the one I was I was going to ask about picking a particular sommelier and already got that one done. Uh, oh, nothing okay. on the stream. I don't see anybody in in the chat asking anything. So uh, yeah, we're uh, not here. I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, while Mike was talking there, I was looking at something here which piqued my interest who does the tasting notes on the wines where where are those generated uh ai <laughs> i'm sorry i had to throw that out. Eh, right eh, that would be that would be good but we we don't know if we trust that yet yeah really they could they, they say they could right but yeah, what, we a, can we can one-up that um yeah well, we work directly with the makers, yeah. You should ask an AI to to evaluate a couple of wines and compare it to your tasting notes and see what they come up with. Just just for we, we have the done AI that. Scrape have you? The problem, you know, the, the AI is going to come to some station and pull it and pull uh-huh. it and surface it. Now now that some of the new AI can can scrape the web, it'll probably come to it's our website or our partners' information and, and pull yeah, it directly. Get, but yeah, it, that's true. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not okay. to say that it, it couldn't do it somewhere, but yeah, we work. I mean, Elise can answer this too, but but we work directly with um, with the producers and the winemakers um, to ensure that everything on our site is is completely accurate. I see. So the and of course, as Elise ta- said, a lot of drinking. A lot of <laughs> drinking. Yes, uh, the tasting notes then are generated by, well, I guess you know a, a village as opposed to an individual. Uh, I mean, sometimes it is directly from the wineries, but, you know, then I will taste the wine and and get a a very prominent note or have a a connection to it. And that's when, you know, we feature insights from our sommeliers who have the wines and have a very kind of impactful experience with it. The Psalm will share that with us and, and we'll put that on our website. It's you know, you can look it up by some favorites and, and find oh. little anecdotes or personal connections to those bottles of wine. One of the fun things, you know, some of our psalms do is when they tasted a wine, what song did they hear in their head? You know, they don't always just like use generic tasting notes. They relate it to, you know, this wine is best enjoyed with, you know, the Beatles White Album. Um, and and pair it with with something a little more tangible because not everybody can connect to English lilacs and Nicaraguan cigar tobacco. Exactly. We try to kind of (laughs) use personification and and communicate about the wine 
in a more kind of universal language or outside, you know, the normal uh, lanes that tasting notes are given in to, to help, you know, people shopping online for wine form a, form a connection to it. I think you just hit on something there that uh, makes a big difference in tasting notes and in people who are presenting wines. Uh, I used to teach quite a few wine classes when I had the winery open, and one of the things that people always said to me was, I don't get this taste, or I don't get that aroma, or I don't get... And when you look at some of it, it's you know, like you just said, uh, you know, Peruvian tobacco with uh, Nicaraguan uh, beans. You know, people don't understand that. They don't relate to that. And when you start getting basic tasting notes that people can say, oh, yeah, I know what the smell of a peach is, and they can apply it to the wine, it makes the wine that much more friendly and accessible, I think. So. Yeah, and and I try to to let people know not to get discouraged because, you know, a lot of times the people who are writing the tasting notes or the sommeliers who are describing it have spent years training their palate, developing this library of deeper sensory understanding and experience so that they can really, you know, identify those particular things but for your average wine drinker they haven't spent that time what i try to do is encourage people to be more dialed in to their senses and particularly their nose is mm-hmm. you know we're we're a, a fairly visual culture and and you know a, a listening and hearing culture we're not so much a smelling culture and a lot no. of the smells that we have you know, profound memories of are not great smells. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. Yeah. And 80, 80% of taste is smell. So encouraging people to start experiencing the world through their nose. Um, everybody knows what, you know, that the asphalt smells like after summer rain or, mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of things, just kind of encouraging people to stop a minute, close their eyes, and and breathe in and then try to coach that memory out of them as they're smelling and experiencing wine. And that's a good good uh, advice for just about anything. More people start getting in touch with their smell, they can pass it on to wine at any time. Uh, once you uh, aromas and things that are in the air, you can start applying that to wine because wine is full of all sorts of different types of stuff that you would never consider being in a uh, glass or a bottle of wine. So it's that's good advice. Both of you, either one of you, any last comments, any any statements, any uh, things, uh, and, you know, your web address and uh, how people can get a hold of you and uh, it, Facebook and uh, any uh, venue that they can get a hold of some station. 
Well, Ron, thank you so much for having us. And Mike, um, great, great to be back. Um, and oh yeah, it's crazy. Good to have you it's back. crazy. It's been a year, but I'm glad we had some new stuff to talk about. So uh, yeah, hopefully I, we you, can keep in touch and, and make this a regular thing. It'll it'll now it'll now push us to set the bar higher. You've expanded a lot in this past year. I was you were talking about you know expanding and stuff, and I was really quite shocked that you had jumped ahead with both feet on that. That's that's great, uh, great job on that. But uh, well, yeah, thank you so much. You know, it's 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 not just our team. Um, our team does a great job, but it's it's also the community, right? As as long as people keep bringing new ideas to the table, we'll, we'll keep making sure that they get out there and, and kind of continue to build the community. Um, that, that's really what it's all about. But, um, yes, everyone that is interested in, in learning more about Tomstation and for those that haven't visited in a while, we have so many new things. Um, hard to believe it's the holiday season, but we have all kinds of, of gift ideas out there, event ideas out there, um, and a lot of promotions with our winery partners that are being really generous with free shipping deals and discounts and, and all kinds of great things to really um, make it a festive season and hopefully make it um, convenient to explore a lot of new great wines. That's available at our website, somstation.com. And then anyone that's checking out Facebook or LinkedIn or any other social program, Somstation um, is, is always the easiest way to find us. And, of course, as Elise said, um, you know, we're available in the flesh by phone um, online anytime so we're, we're always open to, to serving anyone that needs us looking for new suggestions and bringing great new winery partners on board we have um, some more exciting stuff in the works behind the scenes that i look forward to sharing with you all um, hopefully shortly in the future as well fantastic and anything that i said that you said that sounded interesting you are free to use everything and then, then next time we talk you can say we implemented this you know thanks uh well the uh, the wine shop, you have all sorts of stuff. So if anybody's looking for anything, uh, go to Somsation. That's S-O-M-M-S-A-T-I-O-N, Somsation.com. And it takes you to the site, and there's all sorts of tabs you can click on and all sorts of wines. And you can even see what, well, you can see what it at least looks like, but I haven't been able to find a picture of uh, Danielle anywhere uh, on the site. Uh, so... Uh, I don't yes, know what you got to click on the, I'm not uh, that important. <laughs> <laughs> I heard two vi- different explanations there at the same time. <laughs> you can visit the Psalm Services page and, and find a link to submit um, an inquiry to connect directly with me, and I'm, I'm happy to help fill your cart um, and, and answer any of your questions. Okay, so there is... Uh, and you get to see, uh, you know, under under Samiers, you can you can see Elise there. She's got a very lovely picture of her uh, with her nose and a glass of wine. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's lots of information on this side here. And if anybody's looking at having any type of holiday tastings or something, get on top of it because the season is upon us now and it's not that far away. So you need to start uh, getting it taken care of. And also, any time of the year, uh, you can get a hold of some stations. They have all sorts of stuff. But what a great site. I, you've really updated this from when I was looking at last year. You've got so much more on it and all that. And it's really expanding. And again, 
thank you for the wines. Uh, this uh, Pinot Noir is just elegant, I guess is the word I'm looking for on this. I enjoy a good Pinot Noir anyway, and this one just has that little extra fruitiness, uh, but not overpowering fruit that I enjoy. And it's really been a good sip while we've been talking tonight. So thank you again for the wines. I'm looking forward to Pinot Gris also. And they're both biodynamic, which is always fun to find. Yeah, they're they're both from the uh, Keeler Estate Vineyard in the Eola Amity Hills in Oregon, which has been Demeter certified biodynamic for years. They're kind of one of the leaders in biodynamic farming out there. Um, oh, really? And I never... It's, yeah, it's, it's a pretty remarkable site. Um, and Nick Keeler, the owner of Authentique and, and Leisure, got to grow up there. Um and the Pinot Noir is done in a combination of super fine grain French oak and also clay amphora and stainless steel. So oh, wow, amphora also, uh, wow. Yeah, so it's it's a super cool wine, and it's from 2017, so he was using these techniques before it was kind of cool. In vogue. Or <laughs> in vogue. Um, yeah. And... And you can see just how it preserves that that you know pure fruit character. It's pretty awesome wine. It, it really is. I, I'm going to have to get a hold of them and see if he doesn't want to be a guest on the show. Going biodynamic, then using them for and, and all sorts of stuff. That would be something that would be extremely interesting. So I'm going to see yeah, if I can contact them. Yeah, back on for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be connected to them as well. Okay. Okay. That that sounds good. Yeah, I'd like to get him on and talk about because it's hard to find biodynamic wines that are being done now. Most people are certified organic, but that extra step to go biodynamic is daunting. So yes, and and a bit witchy and and wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, and people give you the eye roll when you start talking about it too. So, yeah. Uh, but it's really yeah. cool. And we have multiple partners um, that are certified. So yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great discussion. We're happy to um, get you connected. Yeah. The biodynamic, I've, I've talked about biodynamic on the show before and about the, you know, all the aspects of it and I've explained it and everything. So people know what it is, but it's always fun to talk to someone who is actually doing it. And uh, excuse me. And, how they're how they're approaching it and how it's working for them and all that. So yeah, that would be fun to get him on the show. So uh, well, I've got the e- email address. We'll I'll get in touch and we'll see what we can do about getting him on the show. And if you all like to join him, then that would be more than pleasant to have all of you on. So thank you again so much for being on the show, Danielle. Thanks for being on. The second time, we always enjoyed to have repeat guests, and at least it's you were mentioned, I believe, a couple of times on the first show, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, since you were there at the beginning. I think Danielle mentioned that you were one out there. I, I like to call myself the original sensation. So <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. No, the, so we got a title for you now, the original song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, thanks uh, so, so much for having me. Thank you both for taking your time out and joining us. And uh, 
have yourself a very happy holiday season, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk again. Great. Yes. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Right. Cheers. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bye. Okay. And they're both gone. Okay. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Well, they, I, you know, I, the more I started to talk to Danielle, the more I started to realize, uh, uh, well, remember, not realize, but remember the things that we had talked about last year. And some stations has really expanded since then. I mean, it's uh, – and, and I expect that as they're going now and as their their concept of the whole thing is now, they will be expanding much, much more over the next year or two. So it should be interesting. Maybe get in touch with them in another year and see what's happening with the business at that time. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Um, keep track so, of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next week, we have a guest. Excuse me. Next week, we have a guest. Our guest next week is indie filmmaker Todd Norwood. And, oh, excuse me. Uh, the Pinot Noir just went down wrong. <laughs> uh, indie filmmaker Todd Norwood, who is a director and one of the producers of a feature film called Gap Weekend, G-A-P, Ken. It is available on Amazon. So in case you want to watch it before, it's uh, been comparable to Sideways, if you remember that film from, oh, geez, what, 15 years ago? Uh, maybe even longer now. Um that's been comparable. Yeah, I'm sure it's longer now, but it's comparable to Sideways. Uh, it's a, a romantic comedy. Well, he says it's a, a romantic comedy on a shoestring budget, uh, but it's a quality film, and it's available on Amazon. So I think it's four ninety nine to rent and watch it. But uh, Todd Norwood is our guest next week uh, for. Uh, uh, telling us about the film and all about it and what it what it took to film it and why he chose well he's got a passion for wine that's why he chose it but we'll find out more about it and two weeks from tonight we have our cigar guys back on they uh, will come back and talk to us about cigars and different aspects of cigars not just you know you cut the end of it off and you light it up and you smoke it, but why the price structure is what it is, how they come about it and all that. I was talking to them and comparing wine price structure to cigar price structures, and it's interesting. They come reasonably close, but yet again, not really. So, But it's uh, interesting stuff. So we'll have them back on next week. Uh, it's going to be Mike and... Craig and, well, Phil, who does, along with CAP, uh, the program that's on uh, Flightline Radio every week. And so if you're 
want to have any questions about Flightline or about uh, Phil, uh, about the first and fifteenth that you hear on Flightline Radio, then you can tune in in a couple of weeks and ask them. They'll they'll be happy to answer your questions about that or if any topics you want them to absolutely not ignore and not talk too much about. They can do that. So, uh, but speaking of Flightline Radio. Yeah. That is on 24-7. What, you were going to say something? No. (laughs) Okay. Flightline on 24-7. You can pop on your earphones and turn on Flightline Radio and listen to it while you're playing around with your computer and looking at programs and checking out everything on your computer. I do that. In fact, that's what I've been doing most of the day today is – listening to flight line while I'm doing computer work. It's a nice, comforting background. And he plays some songs that you've heard of and also some you haven't heard of. Um, classic rock and roll. He's popped a few in there that I haven't heard of that were on albums that I used to listen to like a hundred years ago. And it would come up and I go, Oh, I remember that. So, uh, yeah. Flightline Radio, and then Mike is live every Saturday from ten till noon. So you can always get in touch yeah. with him and talk about stuff. He's will correspond with you or make requests or anything on that. Yeah. So uh, FlightlineRadio dot com. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, always available. And he promotes all about flying all the time. The least we can do is promote Flightline Radio. Yeah. So, so that's we what we're looking at over the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and if you happen to miss this one, and there's the uh, you can always go to Blog Talk Radio, uh, the All About Wine Show uh, page on there, um, or. You can go to uh, gosh, it's it's still on the, our Facebook page. So check out all about wine on Facebook, and uh, for all those links, just go to the website. It'll probably be easier. Just go to allaboutwinebtr.com. Look on the right side, and there's uh, links to everything. So uh, iTunes, uh, all the archives are on iTunes, and um, so it's it's all over the place. And I'm I know I'm missing a few because it's it's just gone everywhere but uh what's well, picked uh, up by different yeah, ones we don't know about yeah. it you know yeah they they pop mm-hmm. it on there right. we've been around for so long yeah. they go well maybe they're going to last we ought to you know run them so they do so yeah and then you start scrolling through and you go wow i'm at 600 episodes and i still have a few left to, to scan through. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they're out there <laughs> they're out there but yeah. uh yeah Every time I find a new place, I'm thinking, eh, you know, they probably have the last five. They just found us, and I'm going through the list, and it's like, you know, 17 pages long, and I'm like, what? No, they got every episode. <laughs> yeah. Some of them do. They pick it up, it's and amazing. they just, you know, throw the whole catalog in there, and it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. great. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's good. Um, well, anyway, we will... Uh, Talk to you all next week, which will be December the uh, something. Seventh. Wow, I've got that word. Yeah, seventh. December seventh. Um, we will come back, as uh, Ron said, with 
uh, Todd Norwood, and um, we'll talk about the movie and everything else, what he's into. So um, find out more about him next week on All About Wine at live, and 7 p.m. Eastern Thursday. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you, Elise and uh, Danielle, for Danielle. being yeah. our guest yeah. tonight. We appreciate it. And uh, anyone interested in Somsations, then uh, you can go Somsations.com and check out their website and anything else on that. Yeah. Somsation. Somsation. Oh, okay. I think yeah. she, she mentioned Mention that in the thing. She goes, make sure it's the sensation. As well. yeah. yeah, I think it's some. Yeah, sensation. Yeah, it's only one S at the end okay. of it, not two, uh, or not any S. Yeah. Just sensation. Yeah. So there you go. Good time. All right. Uh, have a good one. Uh, we'll see y'all. Uh, have a great, safe weekend and and enjoy it. And we'll be back next week with another guest on all about wine. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. You didn't say All About Wine. Oh, oh I know. You know, <laughs> the reason I, I'm, I'm not doing it, because I was listening to uh, a broadcast. Uh, I, I popped it on. Okay. I was listening to one, and I noticed I'm like an echoing effect of every time All About Wine is said. Mm-hmm. I'm an echo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's, and yeah. it's not it it's not after. right with it. It's just this slight off, and it really sounds weird. Yeah. So I figure, well, I better stop that. And so, yeah, <laughs> I will wait for that. I'm sitting here going, hey, he's going to do the all about wine at the last part. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, go well, I, I may throw it in there once. While. I really thought about doing it then because, you know, hey, all about wine. So. Uh, yeah. But then I heard that echo, and I'm going, "Whoa, wow! I didn't realize it was that bad." You mentioned it once before, but it's yeah. it's really it's a little delay. Just that, just that yeah. slight, not mm-hmm. even a second delay. I mean, it's just it overlaps it, but it's just enough yeah. to be irritating, you know. So, but I might mm-hmm. do it anyway. Oh well, you know, yeah. it hasn't completely uh, been put right. to rest. I just got off online radio too, so uh, I'm going to anyway buy Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to the green room. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. We're going to the green room.